Hello and welcome to Small Screen Stories. This is the daily show where I go over all the news in the world of entertainment and pop culture. My name is Edward Lauder. I'm the editor of Small Screen and let's get let's get straight into today's news. There's quite a bit today. There's quite a bit of stuff that's been going on on the site today, but I wanted to start off today by talking about Aquaman 2. And specifically uh, it's being rumoured, and this comes from Geekosity, that Aquaman 2 will reportedly feature more of Amber Heard as Mira, not less. So it's actually a really, really interesting article, and I would actually implore you to go over and actually read the article that's on Geekosity at the moment. Also read the one on small screen, because I spent a bit of time on that one as well, but that theirs is the original, is the original article, the original scoop, and I always do like to make sure that uh, readers are auto- almost immediately taken to the original source. That is Mikey Sutton's Geekosity. Anyway, according to him, uh, he said that an insider told him that uh, since the judge believed that the son's that the son's allegations of Depp as a wife beater were accurate, Heard is seen as the victim in this scandal by Warner Brothers. Consequently, firing her would be in poor taste and could cause a backlash. Apparently, Herds will actually have a larger role in Aquaman 2 for reasons unrelated to this situation. Warner Brothers would see her character more fleshed out. This is actually really interesting to me because um, it would actually be quite a bad PR move for Warner Brothers to get rid of her now or fire her now. I don't think they're going to fire her at all. Uh, I think they're going to keep her on board. They're they're going. She's going to. She's already filming uh, additional photography for um, for Justice League for Zack Snyder's Justice League, and firing her now would just not really makes sense as far as that's concerned. She's still very much involved. But then again, Warner Brothers, with what they did to with what happened to Johnny Depp, has shown that they aren't. They aren't scared of just getting rid of actors and hiring somebody else. Of course, Matt Mickelson is the name currently linked to the, the role of Grindelwald. And I spoke about that at length yesterday and how I actually thought that was fantastic casting for the role. But yeah, this is, this is a, I will call this a rumor um, out there at the moment that um, Aquaman 2 would actually feature more of Mira and it would be played by Amber Heard as opposed to less than what was previously believed. But what do you guys think about that? Is this, I mean, I know there's a lot of people online talking about this. It's something that's getting a lot of traction online. There are voices on either side and they're actually, to, to, as far as I'm concerned, um, they they are they they are both kind of it's a weird situation but I think they're both kind of right. Um, my personal opinion is that, that Johnny Depp and Amber Heard were kind of as bad as each other, and uh, just brought out the worst in one another. Uh, that is my personal opinion. I don't think Johnny Depp Johnny Depp should have been fired. I actually don't think Amber Heard should really be fired from her role either. Again, until this whole thing is completely and utterly finished, which I'm hoping it will be quite soon. Uh, we won't really know what will happen. And Warner Brothers isn't really in a position to fire Amber Heard at the moment, especially after the case went against Johnny Depp and and his legal team. But this is a developing story. So let me know what you guys think about this in the comments below. Right, moving on. And moving on to what is our big exclusive of the day and possibly the, no, maybe not the week, but this is one that I've been I've been kind of working on for quite a while with a number of sources. And we're just looking into casting 
and casting sheets in particular. And uh, one source, um, one source came to me and uh, revealed that actually Warner Brothers Pictures and HBO Max is on the search for an actor a bit like Timothée Chalamet for the role of Terry McGuinness. And this would be, of course, be in the uh, the. Sorry, I didn't start off with this. This would be in the Batman Beyond uh, HBO Max show. Um, so yeah, this would be for Batman Beyond. They want they want someone like him, but they're not actively trying to cast Chalamet in the role. So Timothée Chalamet is someone that is very very popular at the moment. He's one of I think, if not the like actor star of the moment, he definitely will be. Uh, after June is released, I think people are going to be pretty blown away by his performance in that. They've already been blown away by his performance in things like Call Me By Your Name, which he's fantastic in. He was brilliant in Little Women. He's just, um, he's one of those actors that just delivers fine performance after fine performance. I think he's really, really talented. Uh, he can also, he's half, in, well, half American, half French, so he can also be in French uh, movies. And he's, uh, yeah, I, I can vouch for his uh, his level of French. He's very good because uh, he is half French. But um He's someone that he's got a lot of, let's say, caps or f- feathers in his cap. <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a weird thing to say. But he's someone that he's very talented. He can do lots of different things. And he's actually also revealed in the past that he's very interested in playing Robin. And I think Terry McGuinness would actually be a step above that. So we already know that, um, well, we, we reported that Michael Keaton has already signed on to this series and that HBO Max is very keen on getting this series moving. So as far as they're concerned, they, they were looking for some, they're looking for someone to play this role who's kind of physically the same sort of build and looks quite similar to Timothée Chalamet and also has the same acting style. So I'm looking at, I said, why don't they just hire Timothée Chalamet? And one of the reasons is because of scheduling conflicts. I believe they've already been looking into that, into the possibility of getting him on board. But he's a very busy guy. He's, of course, got June and that's going to be, they're going to be filming it. I think they are filming a second a second one now they're filming the second part of that movie and then he's also got if you look at his the, the, the films that, that's coming out he's got the French Dis- Dispatch which is the Wes Anderson film he's got Don't Look Up and Find Me and he's got other things that's going on we we know that behind the scenes basically he's pro- he's possibly one of the most in-demand actors in Hollywood he won't come cheap as well because he's getting more and more demand which naturally increases the price uh, he's someone that will possibly win an Oscar at some point as well, and I think that I think I'm pretty sure that the that 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 Hollywood knows this. That Hollywood sees him as very much the future. So, but then again, he has report he has said he'd like to play Robin. So you know what? <laughs> Maybe Warner Brothers and HBO Max would just try and get him. But as far as my sources are concerned, they've told me that they're keen. Their main aim was to make sure that Michael Keaton was on board this project. So for them, it was Michael Keaton first. If Michael Keaton wasn't part of the project, then it just would have fallen flat. They wouldn't have done it at all. So what do you guys think about this? Uh, do you like the idea of it? I mean, I don't like the fact that I had to go with the Timothée Chalamet type because I would have just liked to have said that he's up for the role, but he's not. Um, that They're looking for someone like him. There are a lot of actors out there that are quite similar to him. Uh, and are just as good could could be just as good as Timothée Chalamet, but I think if he were to be cast in this uh, series, that would really really get people very excited to see. It. Imagine a Batman Beyond series starring Michael Keaton and Timothée Chalamet. That would be something that I think everyone everyone would want to see. Even people that aren't very um, aren't very aware of what Batman Beyond's all about. Of course, it's about Bruce Wayne 
later on in his career training up a new Batman who's Terry McGuinness and he kind of uh, helps and mentors Terry through all of this from the comfort of his own Batcave and he acts a bit like um, Oracle which uh, is uh, I'm uh, is kind of if you if you're familiar with Batman is the character that helps Batman that you can if you play if you play the games you talk to Oracle well constantly throughout the game and she's also in um, in the cartoon. She's in some of the comic books. She's a, a very a very popular and very important character. But that's the kind of role he ends up playing for this new Batman. And it's something that I am really really interested in seeing. I hope, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. I do think I do hope they go for Timothy Chalamet in the end because I think he'd be perfect. I think he'd be a great Robin as well. But again, it's a scheduling thing and possibly even a money thing. Um, they are spending a lot of money on these things, but uh, they don't, want, you know, they want to keep they want to keep it under control to a certain degree. So yeah, let me know what you guys think about this in the comments below. Right, moving on and moving on to um, David Fincher. So David Fincher is actually he signed a four-year exclusive deal with Netflix. So this is actually really interesting news. I mean, David Fincher has already been making stuff with Netflix for quite some time now. So he's current. We've got a lot of coverage about this on the on the site but he's doing mank and that's coming out on netflix very very soon he of course basically was the the one and sole person behind mindhunter he was i i'm not sure if, if he was the showrunner of that show but he basically ended up directing the whole of season two and ended up saying that the reason why we're not doing any more of this is because it took t took up too much of my time because he was doing everything he's very it's very well known that David Fincher is a very meticulous director he's someone that takes about you know he's takes a lot, so much time to make films because he does about 70 takes on each scene which is crazy you know if you, if you work in the in the industry he's someone that's very demanding uh, he's very he's very exact as well in the way he works he wants to make sure he gets the perfect shot which is why he does so many takes and then often ends up going with the first one but it's it's the way he works. It's his process. So that's why, like, imagine trying to shoot a show like Mindhunter, which is multiple episodes. It's a long show. That took up a lot of time, which is why season three, unfortunately, isn't happening. Mindhunter is one of my favorite shows of all time. I loved it. I was so upset. So when I heard that it was, it wasn't that David Fincher basically said, I'm not doing it anymore. But I, I posted this article, which comes from, it's actually, um, from a, a French magazine called Première, and um, they 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 were talking to to David Fincher, and he actually I'll get the quote up, but he spoke about how yes he's signed a, a four year exclusive deal. He said yes, I have an exclusivity deal with Netflix for another four years, and depending on Manx reception, I'll either go. Uh, see them sheepishly asking them what I can do to redeem myself, or take the attitude of the arrogant, oh, sorry, asshole, who'll require making other films in black and white. No, I'm here to deliver them content, whatever it means. Like likely to bring them spectators. I'm in the small, small. I'm I in my small sphere of influence. So yeah, he's he basic. He's got a four year deal. He's basically got. It seems as though he's saying he's got four years left on his deal. But uh, I'm taking it as though he's got a four-year deal with Netflix and he's going to be making the most of that. And again, it's, it seems to be a partnership that's working quite well. He was also involved in House of Cards. I believe he was an executive producer on that. So he's done a lot of stuff with Netflix and it seems as though they like working with each other. 
fingers crossed again Mank will do well it's it's a, it's an, um, a movie that I am really looking forward to it stars Gary Oldman as um, I'm forgetting his name as the as Herman J uh, Mankiewicz I can never pronounce these names but he's the guy that wrote Citizen Kane so it's about that story of how they managed to bring that to the to the big screen which is now widely considered to be one of the very best movies of all time full disclosure I haven't seen Citizen Kane <laughs> I probably shouldn't have mentioned that here but yeah I haven't watched it it's one of those films that I've always meant to watch but just never had the time to I mean, it's it's a it's a film that I'm going to have to watch at some point. It's apparently one of the best films of all time, but I am very interested in seeing this movie because I do like films about the making of films. If that makes any sense, it's kind of um, it's you know a peek behind the curtain. It's you can see how things happened. It's a biography or a biopic even, and uh, and it's something that I am very much looking forward to. Gary Oldman is one of my favorite actors of all time. So again, fingers crossed it's good. But let me know what you guys think about this in the comments below. Right, moving on. And moving on to Emily in Paris. <laughs> it's a drastic shift, but it is Netflix related. So it, Emily in Paris kind of took the world by storm, let's say. Uh, for me personally, it was a very funny show to watch because I, I mean, I grew up in, in and around the Paris area and um, the cliches were incredible um, <laughs> involved in this show. They're, they're quite, I found them to be quite amusing, but a lot of French people found them to be quite, well, Parisians in particular, found them to be quite, um, what's the word? Uh not quite right, let's just say that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been renewed for a season two. Uh, they, they revealed this yesterday, and it stars, of course, Lily Collins, and is uh, is created by the sex by Sex and the City's creator Darren Star. And it really does seem as though the world has been missing this sort of TV because it's very much in the same in the in keeping with Sex and the City. It's something that. Um, uh, again, Sex and the City, full disclosure, I've never watched. I've watched the movies, but not the show. But I re actually really did enjoy Emily in Paris. But maybe that's more because of my personal connection to Paris in the same sense that apparently a lot of people that loved, I mean, I know a lot of people worldwide loved Sex and the City, but specifically people living in New York found it quite, um, <laughs> what's the word, uh, quite amusing to watch, let's say. And that's exactly how I felt about Emily in Paris. But yeah, they revealed this uh, on, on, on Twitter and they also, well, they sent us uh, a, a really interesting, well, an email with the letter inside, which was quite fun. And uh, basically, it's like, it's done like a, you'll see it on the site. I can bring it up here very briefly. So there's the letter you can see there. And it's basically like a, an official letter you'd get for a job or something, basically saying, Nous sommes désolés, so that's we're sorry. Um, we are writing to regrettably inform you that Emily Cooper will need to remain in Paris for an extended period of time. Despite her overconfident manner and lack of prior experience in luxury goods marketing, she has nonetheless managed to charm some of our hard-to-impress clients during her short stay at Savoir. Call it bonne chance or American ingenuity, I'm leaning towards the former. Her results are impressive. We hope that by extending her time in Paris, Emily will further the relationship she has already made, delve deeper into our culture, and perhaps pick up a few words of basic French. We will, in conjunction with uh, with you on applying for a work, we will work in conjunction with you on applying for a work permit on her behalf to prolong her time here. We love having Emily in Paris, but please don't let her know that. And that's from Emily's boss in the show. 
so yes yeah, it's, it's i i thought it was quite fun i, I quite enjoyed that uh, i think i think it's something that um it it was quite a nice break from all the uh difficulties of being in lockdown and the coronavirus you know pandemic that's still ongoing even though there supposedly is a, a virus in the works uh sorry a virus a um, a vaccine even in the works but um it was it it came when it was needed and hopefully season two will be just as good and just as loved but what do you guys think about that i spent a lot of time on emily in paris i didn't i didn't expect to but let me know in the comments below right moving on and moving on to james gunn so james gunn actually he's a he's another one that likes to talk a lot on uh, on twitter and he was asked about Dave Batista's involvement in the next movie, so in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And of course, Dave Batista was quite vocal when um, Gunn was supposedly fired, although I don't think he was really fired. I think they just said, we'll, we'll get rid of you, this is Disney, uh, and then we'll rehire you. I think that's pretty much what they did. The minute they heard that he was directing a, a film for DC and Warner Brothers, they hired him back. But anyway... Um, James Gunn revealed that he won't make a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 without Dave Bautista. So the actual tweet was, uh, someone said, is Dave Bautista coming back? And Gunn, he's very, very vocal again on Twitter. And he said, would I do a Guardians movie without Dave Bautista? Question mark. Basically insinuating that it would never happen without Dave Bautista. Of course, he plays Drax. And uh, in the article, I said that he's really, as far as I'm concerned, he's like the heart of 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 the Guardians. He's like the, them... He, what's the word? He 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 like represents their morals to a certain extent. He's always the the one that is so his unique kind of lack of humor, let's say, is very funny. But it also brings out a lot of truth in people. And uh, and he's really re like Dave Bautista is perfect in the role, and I don't think anyone else could play that role. And I also think if they were just to get rid of him, it would be a there would be a massive drag shaped hole in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. So it's just good news to hear that. He's, st he's sticking by his mate, Dave Bautista, a very, very talented actor, actually, I have to say. Uh, they stuck by each other, and it's just nice to see. But let me know what you guys think about that. Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on, moving on to Death uh, on the Nile. So it's actually being rumored that the movie is just going to be released straight to Disney Plus and isn't going to come to cinemas. So this was reported by Giant Freaking Robot, and according to them, uh, Disney is planning to actually just release the movie on Disney+, Plus, like they did with Mulan, like they're, doing, they're about to do with Soul. Uh, this comes after it was basically pushed, so it was going to be coming out in December, and now it's no longer going to be because supposedly of the coronavirus pandemic. So Disney... They did it with Free Guy as well, and they didn't actually give a release date, which is quite unusual. Normally, if they push something, they do actually give a release date. So you have to use the word indefinitely in the article in the article titles, because we don't know when it's going to be released. But no, according to Giant Freaking Robot, this is the film that they will end up releasing on Disney Plus. And actually, again, it's starring Kenneth Branagh. It's directed by him as well. He's playing Hercule Poirot. It's got a fabulous cast. Like I, I use that word fabulous deliberately. I think it's got a really, really good cast. And I was, I am really looking forward to it because I'm a big Avica Christie fan. And I actually did enjoy Murder on the Orient Express, even though I can understand why people didn't like it that much. But like, if you're going to look at... I do like Kenneth Branagh movies. I think he's actually really good as Akil Poirot, even though he does take it to a place where people... They, they thought it was a bit kind of... 
well, it wasn't quite like the David Suchet version of the character, let's say. He was quite cartoony, which is also what the character's supposed to be, really. But um, I love the Death on the Nile story. I think it's brilliant. But the film stars Gal Gadot, Army Hammer, Tom Bateman coming back, Annette Benning, Russell Brand, Ali Faza, Dawn French, Rose Leslie, Emma Mackey, Sophia on, um, Oconedo, Jennifer Saunders and Letitia Wright. Uh, it's a really, really good cast. Really good cast. He seems to be able to assemble these incredible casts for these movies. And again, I, I do actually think Kenneth Branagh is a very talented director. <clears throat> I really, really enjoyed um, his Thor movie. I think I think he's made a lot of films that are really, really worth watching. So, yeah, I wouldn't actually mind seeing it come to Disney Plus, but it would be yet another Kenneth Branagh film that they put on Disney Plus. Uh, of course, um, Artemis Fowl was it was was the first one, and that was a Kenneth Branagh directed movie, and that was not good. But I think this would be a lot better. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Uh, moving away from that and on to Jason Blum and Halloween Kills. He actually revealed that um, the Halloween fans, as far as he's concerned, will be very pleased with Halloween Kills. So I have, I was kind of blown away by the first kind of the Halloween reboots, let's call it. It really was, what it actually was, was a sequel to the very first Halloween film that John Carpenter uh, made, which I, again, I understand a lot of people don't like that film or say it's quite it's kind of not really stood the test of time but I think it really has and I think uh, this movie I think this movie in particular this Halloween film really showed what the franchise can be about and can represent and how good it can be it was directed by David Gordon Green who I think is a, fa a fantastic director the, um, the the screenplay the script was written by him David Gordon Green and Danny McBride um, with Jeff Radley, sorry, and um, it really blew me away. It brought back Jamie Lee Curtis. It, it, it was set after the first movie, and of course, this is actually it's being pitched as a as a trilogy. So this next film is like the second in the trilogy, and the third one, I believe, is called Halloween Ends. Uh, and again, it's going to see David Gordon Green directing it. And it was in an interview with Inverse where uh, Jason Blum, who, of course, is the CEO of Blumhouse, which is, you know, the production company. If you're a horror fan, they're, they're very good at making very what I think are actually quite good horror movies on a very tight budget. But he said fans will be very happy. That's all I'll say. That's what he said. So, you know, very short and sweet. Short but sweet. Um it's, it's a film that I'm desperate to see. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, I spoke about this a couple of days ago, was talking about how she thinks it's a masterpiece, this movie. Of course, it was pushed. It was supposed to come out this year, but it's been pushed to 2021. It'll, it'll still get a, a release, a, a cinema release, a cinematic release, and I think a lot of people will see it, and a lot of people, fingers crossed again. It's, I think that I'm going to call this show Fingers Crossed, but um, it's going to be good. Fingers crossed it'll be good. I think it's... I, I, I think. It, They've done marvels with the with the new Halloween films because the Halloween movies were in a state of ruin when Rob Zombie was doing them. They were terrible, but uh, no, these new ones, this the well, this latest one, which is 2018, and this one looks where they the, the the 2018 movie was really good, and I think this one will be even better. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Right, so moving on and moving on to uh, Bruce Willis. <laughs> so there was a trailer released for a film. I'm not going to spend very much time on this. But there was a trailer released for a new film called Breach, which, which stars Thomas Jane and Bruce Willis. I love Thomas Jane. I love science fiction. I love science fiction horror. And this, of course, is a science fiction horror movie. They're on a ship. They're trying to... They're taking... 
um, people to uh, the new Earth and there's an outbreak on the ship and they find out that it's, it's an alien and Bruce Willis has to kill it. Basically, That's basically the movie. It looks so cheap. It looks pretty... Yeah, very cheap and not great. And Bruce Willis looks super bored in it. But for some reason, I'm still really excited to see it. And they released a trailer for it. You can go and see that on the site now. I'd say watch it. Um, It's one of those films that you kind of, if you haven't got anything else to watch, you might want to catch. But it's also, it it might end up being in the kind of so bad it's good camp. But I I don't think it will be. I think it'll just be eh. Uh, It reminded me a bit, it's like a cross between Alien and that film, oh, what's his name? Uh, The film that Guy Pearce was in. Uh, Was it Lockdown? Is that what it was called, Lockdown? Anyway, there's a a film that that Guy Pearce was in in which he had to go to to a, a prison. It wasn't on the moon, I think it was just in space. And it reminded me a bit of that, like quite cheap looking, but also quite fun. But Watch it for yourselves and let me know what you guys think about it in the comments. Right, so moving away from that and on to um, <laughs> let's go, let's go go on to some TV news. So the first bit of TV news is that WandaVision apparently on Disney Plus is going to be six hours long. This was confirmed in an Entertainment Weekly article, which it was actually the cover story, and it was. It, it sounds to me like this WandaVision show is going to be actually really, really interesting. So they apparently they filmed that it's taking on kind of sitcom tropes and they actually filmed it. The people like it like they would have filmed a kind of 50s sitcom. The, the, everyone involved in the project, cast, crew, all had to dress up like they're in the, in the 50s or 60s. It sounds bonkers. It's like a bonkers way to approach a TV show. But I really like it. I really like the idea. But uh, basically, um, in the in the uh, the Entertainment Weekly article, uh, the co-executive producer Mar- Mary Levanos, Le- Levanos, I believe, said it's incredible. It's really incredible to be able to tell a long-form story the way uh, the comics did. And she continues, um, in a sense, a TV show show is a multi-issue comic book run, which is something that the Marvel department, which is something that from the Marvel department side, development side even, we totally do understand. And then one of the stars of the show, Tanya Paris, said, I was like, oh, I thought we were doing a little show, but no, it's six Marvel movies packed into what they're presenting as a sitcom. So it it sounds to me really really good. I think it. I think sorry. Um, I do believe that what they're going to do is going to release it as six episodes, and they're both all each episode is going to be one hour long. But that wasn't confirmed. But that's what I do believe they're going to do. And I'm really I'm super excited to see the show, which I believe they've just announced that it's coming out in December. But uh, let me just check. That was I didn't have time to write this one up. But I do believe it's coming in December. But let me just check first. It, I'm looking at comicbook.com right now. And where's the... No, it's coming out in January. So January 15th, 2021. So it's been pushed back by quite a long way, actually, because it was originally supposed to come out in November. So yeah, this was revealed on Twitter, actually, on WandaVision. They said that it's going to start streaming on Jan 15th. 2021 and I do believe they're going to release the each kind of um, each episode weekly 
a bit like the way they do what they, what they do with um, with the Mandalorian. But let me know what you guys think about that. Are you excited for WandaVision? Let me know in the comments below. Right, I'm going to end uh, today's stream with Doctor Who. Uh, I've been a, a, a actually I've been a fan of Doctor Who for a long, long time, but I've kind of stopped watching Doctor Who, um, and it had nothing to do with Jodie Whittaker. I actually stopped uh, when. Um, Kind of at the end of Matt, uh, of Matt Smith's time as as Doctor Who, I, I kind of just I don't know, it just kind of went a bit weird and and not very good. And then I had and then I watched some of the Jodie Whittaker episodes, and I thought Jodie Whittaker is a really good Doctor, really really good. But I think the show suffers from some terrible terrible writing, and I think a lot of that has to do with Doctor Who showrunner Chris Chibnall, I believe is how you say his name. But anyway, he was talking to the Mirror recently, and he said. He basically revealed that this uh, this new season that's coming out, season 13, is only going to be eight episodes long as opposed to the usual 11. So we're losing three episodes. And he blamed the coronavirus pandemic for it, which, to be honest, is to be expected. And he said, in the strangest of years, the Doctor Who production team have worked wonders to get the show back into production. Given the complexity of making Doctor Who with the new and rigorous COVID working protocols, it's going to take us a little longer to film each episode Meaning, meaning we expect to end up with eight episodes rather than the usual 11. And then he went on to add, but rest assured, the ambition, humor, fun and scares you expect from Doctor Who will all still be firmly in place. For everyone around the world, this is a challenging period, but the Doctor never shirks from a challenge. So, yeah, they basically took, they, they took the executive decision to basically cut three episodes because it really is difficult at the moment, especially a show like Doctor Who, which already, it gets it gets a pretty decent budget, but it's not on, on the level of a Mandalorian or even like any of the Disney Plus Marvel shows or any of the Disney shows in general, which can use that, um, the new technology to, to basically it's all filmed inside and it's, it's easier to keep the safety protocols in check. Uh, and really make sure that this is a safe set. We've seen with The Witcher, The Witcher's actually had to stop production, Witcher season two, because of co a lot of new COVID cases. So it's something that they're really trying to work out, but it's not easy. And it's, and it's definitely not easy if you don't have Disney money and if you don't have access to those uh, inside, you know, those screens, those great big IMAX screens that they're using to film everything uh, as a backdrop. And if you watch The Mandalorian, that's all using that technology. Yeah, the, the Doctor Who is not does not use that technology. Of course, Doctor Who is the show that started off with aliens being made out of um, cardboard boxes, basically. So it's and and they have still tried they've they've tried to keep an element of that as well, which is one of the thing I think one of the things I think a lot of like diehard Doctor Who fans really do they they do enjoy. And uh, but then again, this I am. I'm just from. I am excited to see what they do with it, but I'm not that optimistic. Uh, hopefully, they'll be able to do something quite interesting, and hopefully, uh, Doctor Who fans will be happy. But uh, I know there are a lot of Doctor Who fans out there that haven't been happy with the way the show's been going. But fingers crossed, they can get it back on on track. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. And with that, 
I will say thank you very much for watching and listening. You can uh, follow Small Screen everywhere at Small Screen GB. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can uh, also go onto YouTube. Uh, we're there as well. You can subscribe. That'd be wonderful if you, if you could subscribe. If you like these sorts of videos, if you like these lives, uh, then there's a, you know, <laughs> subscribing would be great. You could also like it and share it. You can do that on Facebook as well. That'd be wonderful. I do um, I do post this out as a podcast, and you can find that at Small Screen Stories wherever you get your podcasts. If you listen on uh, Apple Podcasts, then a five-star review would be very much welcome. Uh, that'd be fantastic. And so uh, you can also listen on uh, Spotify, wherever wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me at EJ Lauder. You can go onto the site at small-screen.co.uk. And thank you very, very much for watching and listening. Thank you so much, guys, and goodbye.